It's another beautiful day out there, and right now, let's get the ball rolling. A sports podcast with Tyler Fessler. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, today I was just pondering on what I would start my my podcast segment on. What would be my opening line? What would be the hook to keep you guys listening? And honestly, one of the best things, and I constantly say it to my friends, uh, to people that ask me about why I love college football, is this. It's going to be simple. It's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. I love college football because the regular season matters. Now, a lot of people, uh, they, they'll debate you on this. They'll say, well, the, the regular season shouldn't matter. We need to have a playoff system. It proves more. But there is something very unique about the college football system that no other sport in the entire world has this. Uh, most sports are, are obviously professional, which I'm going to cite are professional. Even college sports they, the regular season does not matter as much as, as if they can get to the postseason. Here's this. Last year, in 2018 season, 2018-2019 NFL football season, we saw the winners of the New England Patriots, right? They win the, the Super Bowl once again. But something unique was about these Patriots, right? They had one, two, three, four, five different losses, right? Now, if you want to compare five different losses to somebody of the in the in the college football realm, that would be comparing Auburn, who was a pretty good team. That's the the fairest comparison that I can come up with. Auburn to the New England Patriots. And we know that Auburn last year, despite great potential, despite playing well, beating Washington, um and having a, a decent season, they did struggle last year. It's very unique. Like I said, it's very unique, the college football system. So if you were to say that the, the, the Auburn Tigers were the New England Patriots of, of last season in the NFL with five losses, if you want to go across, then then who were the real champions in, in, in the NFL? It was the person with the best record. It's kind of up for debate, but they have a playoff system, and they play a few more games, so I can understand you can't compare directly across. However, something that's very unique about college football, like I said, is that every Saturday matters. You have to lace up your cleats. you got to snap your, your helmet into place, and you got to be ready to go out there and fight and win. One loss in college football, might that might be the season if you're trying to play for a national championship. It might be done. You might just be over. And if you are the UCF uh, Golden Knights, you might have to go undefeated for two years in order to get to get national recognition to start people to people start to become aware of your brand. It's very very unique, and I think, like I said, it makes it very unique. Even in the FCS that has a playoff system, the North Dakota State Bison last year went undefeated. Now, they might have been the best team, but they still went undefeated every Saturday matters. And I think that college football coaches, college football players across the nation, they know that. Because if you're in a Power 5 conference and you lose two games, you're probably on the outside sitting looking in. You're looking and thinking, man, if I would have had that game back, if, it, if the ball would have bounced this way. So I just wanted to start that off with, uh, this, this podcast off, just to think about uh, college football, to be in awe of college football, to love college football. That's what I want. And that's, again, one of the purposes of this podcast is to just have 
the love of college football, to spread it around, to get people talking about it, to get excited for this 2019 season. Uh, I'm ex- extremely excited uh, for this podcast. A lot to look forward to. Uh, so we're going to start off with a few predictions on my part. Uh, we're going to have different questions uh, on these predictions so then it can you guys can get talking. Uh, once when I post this podcast, you guys can submit your comments, talk about different questions that you might have for these individual teams. But again, be in awe of college football, be excited for college football. So let's start off the podcast with the SEC West. As I said, we will be talking about the SEC uh, West uh, side of the conference. That's the conference with Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Uh, not, not just to name a few. I'm not going to name them all uh, for you guys. But as I look through this conference to start off this college football season and what to expect, what to look forward to, I started thinking about what teams have the most to prove. Now, I, I'm 100% for teams... Uh, that might have they might have bad seasons right and they might be able to turn it around this coming season that that's the point that's what you want to see you might have teams that get in a rut it might be the coach it might be the culture it might be the system however i was looking through this this conference this side of the conference and this is a very unique side of the conference it's been mainly dominated by alabama you can give them that uh for the last few years they've dominated lsu had a time where they were very dominant auburn uh, little blips, I guess you would say. Uh, you always kind of have uh, Mississippi State very uh, consistent, and I think that's kind of Dan Mullen's system. But uh, I mean, he's not there anymore. But they've always been pretty much consistent. About uh, I mean, I'd say they hover around the eight and four mark, and then whatever happens in the postseason happens. Uh, you also have Texas A and M, right? And they were constantly they were you know under Kevin Sumlin very constant. Uh, they they win the games they're supposed to win, and they might lose a couple games. Uh, maybe maybe one game against a team they shouldn't have and beat a team they 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 shouldn't have, but uh, pretty much it's been consistency. I I would think again, Alabama has pretty much ruled the roost in this conference, this side of the conference. And the question that I have, I'm I'm going to be doing Power Five on this podcast. There'll be Group of Five on the next podcast if you guys want to stay tuned. But the biggest question mark that I have going in to the 2019 college football season is the Auburn Tigers, and not just the Auburn Tigers in the fact that. Uh, what's going to happen, again, we, we can talk about a lot of things, but the question that I have for them is who replaces Stidham, right? We know in, in Gus Malazan's system that they, they're a big, fast-paced team. They can kind of get you off your rocker. They have a unique system, and Gus Malazan is perfect at, at setting that pace, but I honestly think Auburn has the most approved in 2019, and... By doing so, what what is the question and how they're going to do it is, is the quarterback play, honestly. I think for years, they've always had a pretty stout defense. I mean, they're the SEC. They're going to get some of the best of the best. They've always had a pretty stout defense. They've always had big hog mollies up front with flying secondaries in the back. However, the on the offensive side, they've always struggled to get consistency. Stidham was good. I'm not going to, to deny that, and I look forward to his his growth and, and, and what's going to happen and what he's going to do in the NFL, but who's going to replace it? I think this team is the most to prove. You look at it, you have Oregon right out of the gate. Now, this is uh, it's going to be on ABC. It's going to be one of the big games opening weekend. You start off with Oregon. Now, I might be talking about Oregon a little bit later, just to give you uh, a few hints, but talking about them a little bit later, but 
Good heavens, you start off with, with Pac-12, SEC play, that is a huge game. Now imagine if you win that, right? People are going to start talking about you, you're going to start rolling. Uh, they Then uh, they take a couple weeks, they play Tulane, Kent State, and then they go on to play Texas A&M. But it's not just Texas A&M uh, in, uh, you know, in Auburn, it's in College Station. It's going to be loud, it's the 12th man, it's going to be tough, I uh, they don't have the... Uh, all of the the games released when they're going to be played, uh, what time they're going to be played. But that's going to be a tough game. Then they pull out of the East. They pull Florida, which we know that Florida had a pretty good season this last year. Um, then they play at LSU, which that's part of the West. That's going to be tough going into Death Valley. I'd imagine that game being um, prime time at night. And then they luckily they pull – well, not luckily, but they pull – out of the east, also Georgia. It is home in Jordan Hare, so I think it might be a little bit easier uh, of a game. It always softens the blow when you can play uh, big teams in your stadium and hopefully get a couple games. And then they go on and they play Alabama. We know uh, is a pretty big rivalry down south, but they do play them home. So this this schedule lining up, they have all to prove. They have everything to prove. And they really don't have much to lose. They went 10-4 and four two seasons ago, and uh, they went 7-5 and five in the regular season last year. So, like I said, a little bit of a disappointing season. And as I've looked throughout the years, Gus Malazan is going to get him on track. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not predicting uh, any schedules or, or, or what they're going to be. I'm just talking about teams with most approved. And out of the SEC West, that will be the Auburn Tigers. Look for them. Uh, I think this is a make-or-break year with Malazan. People have always said that he's on the hot seat. But this really, I honestly think this is the this is the year. If he can if he can come back after a, a pretty disappointing season last year, not you know meeting the expectations in which we had for them, um, if they can if they can get there and they can be in the mix again and you know make some upsets along the way. I mean, imagine if they beat Oregon, they beat A and M, they beat Florida, they beat LSU, and now we're talking about them beating maybe you know going one on one against a Georgia or Alabama team. Now we're talking about we're talking about national implications. This, these guys might be up for the college football playoff. So everything to gain, really not much to lose. Uh, but I, I look forward to seeing that. But that is the team of the SEC West that I see that has the most to prove in 2019. All right, next up is the SEC East, and I spent a lot of time uh, going over who I think has the most approved in 2019 out of this side of the conference because I think it would be really easy to talk about Georgia and Florida and Kentucky on teams that really have the most approved. But then you kind of go a little bit deeper into that side of the conference, and there really is kind of a team that was uh, was last summer was so so talked about about dysfunction and just crazy stuff happening in their program that this year they kind of just slid by nobody said didn't didn't say much about them and then going into 2019 there's absolutely no coverage about them but I'm going to start it right now and that is team with most approved in 2019 out of the SEC East is the Tennessee Volunteers and I say this for a few reasons number one a few years ago, we know that they ended up firing Butch Jones, right? And he, he had some success, uh, not the success in which I believe uh, the Tennessee family had wanted for their, for their program, but they, they had some success. And it was, it was interesting to see uh, 
It was interesting to see that whole dynamic of them firing Butch Davis or letting him go, whatever you want to call it, and then moving on to who's it going to be, who's in charge, who's making the decisions. Um, I mean, you had Philip uh, Fulmer, which we know his name was tossed around there, which I, who I believe is the, the AD right now, is really going to be interesting to see what this team can do. And I say that for a few reasons. Number one, they probably have uh, the, the easiest uh, non-conference schedule. Uh, I mean that not not to demean those those teams out there, and which I'm going to say, but they do have it pretty easy. And honestly, they're four winnable games. They start off with Georgia State, uh, a Sun Belt Conference, uh, pretty winnable game, right in Knoxville. Then they play BYU. Um, BYU, me being from Utah, I, I cover BYU, I've been around BYU, uh, they, they did get to a bowl game last year, but again, an independent, I don't really think them going into Knoxville and winning is, is really reasonable, they can do it, BYU has been known to beat, uh, big teams, um, you know, Texas a few years ago, uh, granted it was at Lavelle Edwards, but you know, at BYU, if you're not familiar with the stadium names, but you know, it will be interesting. Definitely a winnable game. They play Chattanooga FCS uh, team, and then they play UAB. Now, I don't want to demean UAB. Uh, they have a they have a great program. They were the ones that that turned it around. They lost the football program. They got it back. They went to a bowl game. You know what? They have the swag. They they've got the momentum. They've they've got it. You know, you you want to see that, and they're going to be playing until let's go upset. You know, we're we're in Alabama Birmingham. We're we're this is little. Uh, UAB school. Let's go see if we can knock down a team like Tennessee. But I honestly think those are four pretty winnable games. I mean, you can flip a coin, whatever. But in my opinion, I think they're winnable. And then you look at um, the the this, this side of the conference, and that's Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Vandy. And I honestly think that these are these are pretty winnable games for them. Georgia's going to be tough. We know Georgia's going to be the favorite going in out of the SEC East to win it. Uh, you also know that uh, Kentucky had a really good year. Vandy uh, wasn't terrible. Uh, and I think that overall this Tennessee team has a lot to prove in 2019, and this is the year to do it. And honestly, um, my question for them is, and a lot of them will be based on individuals or, or players or what they're going to do to replace, but can Jeremy Pruitt do it? Can he live up? He was the guy that was groomed, that was taken out of that dumpster fire after Butch, uh, Butch Jones left, but... Can he do it? Can he get his team on track? He's had a year. He had a and and it was a pretty successful year, going five and seven. I didn't even uh, predict them winning that many games this last year. So, I think the question is: Can he get him to a bowl game? Can he get him over the hump? Can he restore the faith in Tennessee football? I mean, I remember growing up, my brother uh, Hayden, who's who's been on the show before. He's a huge Tennessee Volunteers fan, and we always would go back and forth. Uh, um, and I know that. This is, is something big. I know that even him as, as a fan in Utah who follows them, he wants to see if this, this guy can do it. He wants to see if Jeremy Pruitt can do it. And I'm very curious to see. I think they have the most to prove coming out of that conference just because they don't have a lot of media coverage, just because, you know, I think they can turn it around. I think they could, they could, they could go 8-4. and four. They could go uh, if, if really stretching at 9-3, and 7-5. Uh, they can get back to bowl game. They haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. And that's, that's remarkable for, for a team with such rich football history. So there it is. Prediction out of the SEC East. Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. Can uh, Jeremy Pruitt do it? 
Okay, now moving on uh, in who has the most approved in 2019 Power 5 edition uh, is the Big Ten East. Now, if you're not familiar with which side of the conference is which, this is one with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Indiana, Maryland, and from Michigan State. I think that's, I think I, I hit them all. Maryland, yeah. Oh, Rutgers. We can't forget about Rutgers, the, the Scarlet Knights. Birthplace of college football. How can you forget about them? Uh, so I went through these guys, and there were two teams that I couldn't decide between. And I think true college football fans, you would know, and that was between Michigan and Penn State. It was honestly a toss-up because Penn State uh, really has turned the program around. I love what James Franklin has done, honestly. He's, he's such a good coach. Uh, what he did at Vanderbilt, and now he's here doing it at Penn State. He honestly is a really good coach, and I thought about what I could talk about. But something just in, in my head just came back and back and back when I was going through this. Even when I, I even actually started preparing to talk about Penn State, but it was Michigan. Now, Michigan... Is, is very unique. I could have even talked about Ohio State with Urban Meyer stepping down, and that is, like, huge. However, we could see that, you know, Jim Tressel, Urban Meyer, Ohio State has a, has a culture of winning. They've won national championships. So I didn't really want to touch on this, but Michigan. We know that the big blue supporters, we know they're very powerful, uh, very powerful dynasty if you if you want to say i mean they've won so many national championships and they they're they're they play in the big house and they're just tradition 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 they they run out they hit the banner right of the the gold blue supporters this is going to be a very unique season and i'm going to say this because this is jim harbaugh's fifth year right and they pulled him in from the nfl he comes in, he's going to change it, he's going to renew the faith, restore the faith in, in, in Michigan. I mean, Brady Hoke couldn't do it, Rich Rod couldn't do it, Jim Harbaugh's our guy, he played for us, a million things, right? And over the years, I mean, he's, he's been impressive, 10-3, and 10-3, 2017, 8-5, which was kind of tough. Last year, they go 10-2, and two, lose to the Gators. But you can't really, I mean, postseason nowadays is, is, is a little bit tough to talk about if they're not playing for a national championship. However, they do, they do get double, they, they get double digit wins, right? They, they, they prove that they can do it. But let's see. Lost to Notre Dame. Lost to Ohio State. Let's go the year. Let's go. Uh, we're going to skip 17 because they lost a lot of games. It was 16. Uh, they lost to Iowa and Ohio State. 15. Lost to Michigan State. Lost to Ohio State. Most of these, you're going to say, what, what do these teams have in common? Well, besides Iowa and besides, you know, excluding 2017 for being a rough season for them, is the rivalries. Can Jim Harbaugh do it? I mean, he's been given a million lifelines. I mean, the media, you know, they go to attack him, but then they, then they kind of release. Oh, it's Jim Harbaugh. It's Michigan. They go to attack. Oh, man, you can't, you can't win. You can't win. You can't win. And then... So it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do. Now, if their schedule... Is favorable to do so. Uh, you look at it, Middle Tennessee State, Army. Army has a ton to prove. Uh, they've been riding super high, and I think that that Army team is someone that you don't really want to mess with. But, you know, they pull Wisconsin out of the, the Big Ten West, so I think you think, oh, well, okay, that's, you know, Wisconsin had a down season last year. They had, they play Rutgers, obviously. Uh, they play Iowa, which we know that, you know, Iowa's been up and down the last few seasons, but 
well, regardless, it will still be a tough game, but it's homecoming, October in Ann Arbor. I, I'm not going to say who's going to win or lose, but it'll be tough to come into Ann Arbor and win. They do play at Penn State, which will be interesting. Again, Penn State's really unique, but I think teams with most to prove is the, the Michigan Wolverines, right? Then they play Notre Dame. Notre Dame's coming off an amazing season, being in the college football playoff. Uh, a thousand other reasons why they they had really had a really good season. I want to give them props. I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan, but you know what? I give credit where credit's due. They played well last year, and it'll be interesting. You know, they, everybody kind of gave excuses on this last year for why they lost. Oh, it was at Notre Dame. It was in South Bend. Oh, Shea Patterson was an experience. He didn't know the offense. Well, what are we gonna what are we gonna say this year? I mean, it's middle of the season. It's in Ann Arbor, and if they can do it, they can really beat down on them. It's really going to be impressive. Then they then they play home against Michigan State, and they play home against Ohio State. That's three of the rivalries, right? Three huge rivalries for Michigan. Three huge rivalries for the Michigan supporters. Everyone's going to be looking at this season, and this is the make-or-break season, I think, for Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if they move on from him, if he has a disappointing season, but teams with those to prove would be Michigan. And and just because of the favorable schedule with three big rivalries at home, it is kind of sad that you don't have uh, Minnesota, them playing Minnesota. Uh, I love that that little rivalry between Michigan and Minnesota. However, uh this is really going to be interesting, and I think that 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 this is this is a year to do it. If not, if if it doesn't happen, like I said, I don't know if they write Jim Harbaugh off and they move on from him. If they give him a couple more years, hard to say. Hard to say what what will happen to to Mister Khakis. But again, with most approve, uh, I mean, you look at how many, I mean, even how many people that are drafted by Michigan every single year into the NFL. It's, it's astonishing, astounding what they can do. However, with teams with the most approved, Big Ten East, Michigan Wolverines, stay tuned, stay watching. Can Jim Har- Harbaugh do it? Can he beat the rivalries? Those are the questions going into it. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to be going over uh, a little bit of the more into the Big Ten. We'll cover the ACC. We'll cover the Pac-12. Stay tuned. Get the ball rolling, po- a sports podcast. Okay, we're back uh, again. Uh, as I said, I'm going. I'm being very methodical on how I do this, going through the Power Five conferences one by one, and depicting, picking apart, predicting, whatever you want to call it. Who I think has, which teams have the most to prove. Now we're going to be talking about the other side of the Big Ten conference right now, and. Again, it's you can always talk about two or three different teams on on each side of the conference. The one that first comes to mind, and the one that I stuck with, the one that I honestly thought was the clear choice, was the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Right, teams with most approved last year. Okay, we'll, th- we'll we'll go back, rewind. Sorry, two years ago, Scott Frost makes an amazing run with the UCF Golden Knights. He beats Auburn. He takes down the Giant, right? They go undefeated. Now we have talking about expanding the playoff and letting more people in and, and, and a million different things. And I think it would have came around to the expansion talk eventually, but Scott Frost really kind of ignited it. It was it was always there. It was always going to be spark. You know, as, as football fans, we always want more, 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 more. We always want it. We love it. We love football. We want it to go on longer. I love college football. You know, the 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 the, the true champion and stuff like that. But Scott Frost in his first year, he struggled, uh, and, and it wasn't 
it wasn't a, a, a little struggle or, you know, oh, he struggled. No, it was it was a big-time struggle. You know, he, he had had four wins. He didn't get his first Big Ten win until October 20th, so over halfway through the year. And then he beats Illinois. He does beat Michigan State by three, by a field goal. But, hey, he beat them. Illinois was not a really good team last year, but he beat them. Minnesota didn't have a really outstanding year, but they beat him. They got him. He he started figuring it out in the end, right? And and not to fault Mike Riley, but I don't think Mike Riley was was built for that system. I I I it it is it's really weird to even think that Mike Riley even left Oregon State. Growing up, he was at Oregon State. Oregon State. He was the Beavers head coach, and then he ends up going to to Nebraska. So it's a little bit different for me to, when I when uh, I spent two years uh, away in Puerto Rico. And to come back and hear that he was at the helm at Nebraska was like, whoa, what, what's going on? Scott Frost steps in, right? He was supposed to be, again, a, uh, a savior, the beloved, to come home. He came back. He's going to restore greatness. And he struggled his first year. But this next year, it's really going to be fun to watch what Nebraska does. And everybody in the media is kind of jumping on this bandwagon. Now, I don't want to say that I'm a bandwagoner. I don't like it. If I see something that I like or if I see something that I know is good, you know what? I'll say it. I'll I'll, I'll point it out to you guys. But I really think this thing is legit. This team has the most to prove, not just due to the media coverage that is. I mean, I saw uh, one of the one of the articles saying that Nebraska was the 13th best team in the nation. Uh, and I was like, 13th best? I mean, that's pretty pretty long stretch from 4 and 8. So if people are talking about it and there's there's coverage, people obviously expect this team to be good. Well, it, they obviously have the most proof. I don't want to tell you why. Looking at the schedule, they are playing at Colorado, which Boulder, tough city to win in. Really high, you know, Denver, Mile High City. They're just outside of Denver. Beautiful country. It's tough to win there. Altitude definitely plays a factor, and those kids are used to playing there. So that's kind of that's interesting. They play Northern Illinois, which we know uh, is a pretty good program out of the MAC. Uh, they they're not to really be messed with. Uh, they are playing at home uh, in Memorial Stadium in Nebraska. But then you look, you get into the the conference, the the meat, the thick, the meat of the the schedule, right? Start home against Ohio State, huge. You have to play home against Ohio State. Everyone's going to be covering that. Everyone's going to be talking about Ohio State. Now this is going to be your first, uh, well, second, sorry, second Big Ten game, first really big one. They play Illinois the the week before, first big one. There's going to be a lot of coverage, I think, on this, especially if. Uh, Nebraska is 4 and 0 going into this, you know, who's going to take can they take on Ohio State? But they play Ohio State home, right? And then they play Northwestern home. We know that Northwestern has been good uh in the past years and and is a building program. And then you look down, they they kind of go through a through a couple weeks. I'm not going to demean those programs or talk bad about those programs or say that they're they're not as 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 prevalent, but just talking about hitting the main points. They play home against Wisconsin, big side. Even though Wisconsin had a tough year last year, again, home against Wisconsin, and then they play home against Iowa. They're kind of like Michigan of the Big Ten West. They get a lot of teams home. They get a lot of big names home. 
This is a year for Scott Frost to establish himself as Nebraska, right? Last year, the the Big Ten West was really up for grabs. Uh, Northwestern ended up winning it, and you know what? Awesome for Scott Fitzgerald. Love the man. Love Northwestern. Love to see what he what he's doing there. But this is really going to be this season not a make or break because I always I always say give coaches three or four years before you start seeing the fruits of their labors. But now he's had a whole year to get his feet under him. Let's see what he can do. Uh, like I said, questions, can they live up to the hype? This is a team that is talked about. That is the 2019 Nebraska Cornhuskers with the most approved in, again, 2019. Thank you guys for keeping with the podcast and uh, keeping uh, through all of these these uh, different uh, conferences as we're going through it. Thank you for listening to the ad uh, after the Nebraska talk and, and the ad we're back with with who I believe has the most to prove in 2019 and we're going to talk about the Pac-12 North. Now, Pac-12 North, I think every single one has something to prove, right? There's There's not one team on this side of the conference, but I think the person with the most approved or the, sorry, not per, well, I guess person, uh, also coach, also team that has the most approved in 2019 are the Oregon State Beavers. And I say it for this reason. In the last three years, they have only won a total of three games. For a program that was doing fairly well before, uh, you know, beforehand with Mike Riley and, Overall, just I mean, I remember growing up them being a very fun team to watch, and I really want to get back to it. It might be because I follow them a little bit closer than other schools, but I really do think this team has a lot to prove. Here's why: Jonathan Smith, their football coach, he is in his second year, right? And I think that's a that's the question: Can a second year coach turn the program around? I know I have said this multiple times uh, that you you need to give the coach at least at least a couple years, you know, three, four years to see it. I think that this coach has the talent, personally, to see to see it through and to get over the hump of of losing seasons with, with Oregon State. I want to say it for this reason. We're looking at their schedule, right? Their schedule consists of number one, Oklahoma State, right? It's in Corvallis. It's not it is not in Stillwater. I think that that's gonna to play to their advantage. They play Hawaii. How Pauly. Now those are their those are their preseason. We know the Pac twelve only has nine games, and you know what? We might do a podcast where I talk about the Pac twelve and how many games they should have, but they only have three, right? But then here's where the fun begins in conference play. Everyone's going to underestimate you. You the 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 Oregon State Beavers. Nobody's talking about them right now. Everyone's going to be wanting to talk about Oregon Washington coming out. Same thing. I think that it could be the same thing like last year. Washington State. Nobody talked about Washington State last year. It was crazy how they didn't. How nobody talked about them, and they were were playing out of their minds. They were a game away from playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Had a great quarterback, has a great coach, but so I honestly think this is what's going to happen with the Beavers. Uh, looking at it, they have some favorable games. They play home against Utah, home against Washington, home against Arizona State, and then they're going to go uh, down the road to. Eugene on the last game of the season. We know they call that the Civil War. And having been in the state of Oregon, my wife is from the Portland area. I've actually been to both, been in Corvallis and Eugene. You can say that I I think both teams travel very well, but they're like 50 miles apart. It is seriously a Civil War. I mean, 
I like thought, you know, from being in Utah, how close BYU and Utah are, even Utah State. I mean, they're all jam-packed right here in, in Utah, but I, I swear, you blink, once when you leave Corvallis, you blink and you're in Eugene. It is great. I can only imagine what it'd be like, what that kind of scene would be like. But I just want to see what Coach Jonathan Smith will do. Uh, he is the third uh, quarterback in school history uh, with the most passing yards, and that's 9,680, so almost 10,000 passing yards. And he played... Uh, late 90s, early 2000s, where before we really had the air raid offense. So can a second-year coach win in the Pac-12? Can he get this team back to consistency? Honestly, there, there's my pick. I know it's kind of a wild one. I know that uh, we like to talk about consistency, uh, and I could have taken a safe pick. I could have taken Oregon and Washington. Like I said, a lot of those teams have a lot to prove this year, but not as much as the Oregon State Beavers. If you're looking at odds and you, you're looking at who you think might win or uh, you know best to improve, I, I don't know, six games. I, I mean, I'd like to say they could get six games. I think their schedule helps out, uh, but we'll see this. I think this is a big, big, big season for the Oregon State Beavers, and I'm going to be watching them very closely. Pac-12 North. Next up, uh, coming out of the Pac-12 South, teams with most approved in 2019, and this one, I think this team kind of surprised us all last year uh, due to the fact that they only had four returners, four starters returning on the, on the defensive side. Uh, having a new head coach after a pretty successful coach beforehand, and that is the Arizona State Sun Devils. Now, I'm going to I'm throwing this one out here, and I'm going to ask the question that I always do: Was it a fluke? Was last year they were not supposed? I mean, everybody was saying. I remember reading an article. Now, I'm not going to remember. I don't remember where that article was found at, but the article said in in it, it was something along the lines of Herm Edwards being one of the worst uh, hires of 2018, right? And he comes in, and I'm sure, you know, there was a lot of, there was funny videos of him talking about how little the uniforms and how much the game has changed and stuff like that. And and it was the perfect storm for them last year. I mean, they came into a uh, uh, side of the conference i mean utah won it uh me also following the utes being here from utah that was a really big moment for them to get finally get to the back 12 championship game but arizona's kind of stepped up and into their own i'm going to i don't uh always tell you guys what i thought would go last year i thought that the arizona state sun devils would have only won three games they ended up going seven and five in the regular season so this team is capable they were fun to watch last year was it a fluke Herm Edwards, I mean, who knows how long ago he was coaching. I mean, it has been a while since 2008 he hasn't been coaching. I mean, that is, and it it wasn't even in, he doesn't have any college football experience, right? He steps in, old NFL coach, and what does he do? He turns around a program, in my opinion. He's done very well his first season. So was it a fluke? Here we go. They play Kent State. Starting out of the gate, Kent State, Sacramento State, at Michigan State, right? Now, the at Michigan State is going to be tough, but then they're—I mean, think about that. That is a that is a great way to start off your schedule. Uh, later, then you get into the the Pac-12 play, and I think that's more of guts than anything. I think in the Pac-12, all of the teams are really 
even, I guess I would say, and it's just whoever shows up that next day and or or the day they, they play, right? Not the, not the next day, but the day they play. And uh, they do have to go on the road. They do have some tough road games. Uh, one being Salt Lake City, Utah, with the Utes defending big or pack twelve South champions. They had to play in Pasadena. Uh, they also had to play in Corvallis. But they do they do play. They do finish off the season uh, home against Arizona and home against Oregon uh, in reverse order. But home and home, uh, so they get a they get a finish. Honestly, was it a fluke? And then hiring Marvin Lewis. I mean, I am so excited. I think that it would totally change a lot of people's opinions about old football coaches coming in coming into to a system coming into uh a school that that had a pretty good winning culture kind of went on the downhill old nfl coaches could we see these old nfl coaches that are retired come and 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 take on a program i think that 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 is a a very fun thing to look forward to in 2019 was it a fluke and if it was a fluke say they have a losing season then we know okay well maybe it was just the luck of the draw that year but keep your eye on arizona state sun devils this coming year with that uh talking about arizona state that is going to conclude uh today's podcast i know it's a little bit shorter than since some of my other podcasts uh i wanted to split the power five and the group of five up into uh two different uh podcasts for each so probably four podcasts i'm doing that just because uh the amount of teams i guess that that have a lot to prove in 2019 but it's kind of hard to split it up a hundred percent so in the next episode you might hear a little bit uh of talk of the mountain west probably get into a little bit of the independence there's not very many independents so to choose one and talk about them for a little bit uh we'll have the second power well we'll have the second power five conference uh episode coming up pretty soon i'm hoping to have a couple guests come on uh my boy kevin kirk he has some very interesting takes um and then come up uh going forward my my friend jeff tuckett from slinging the pill with uh with jeff and skyler he's going to come on we're going to talk a little bit about it he's a huge boise state broncos fan so maybe that will be his his take. We'll see. A uh, lot to look forward to in in sling in. Sorry, get the ball rolling. I had my friend's podcast on my mind, but a lot to look forward to uh, this next week. Hopefully, we can get uh, a few schools on here. One of them would be Portland State, the Vikings, uh, the main Black Bears, and then also the Townsend Tigers. Hopefully, upcoming this week, along with this podcast series where I'm talking about my predictions for this upcoming season and i just want you guys to know this is not your normal podcast i know a lot of people will go on uh, as they're driving from from school driving home from work wherever it be to to listen to podcasts i want it to be different for for my viewers to my listeners um check me out on social media tell your friends tell your family that is the best uh way to get the the word around and if you enjoyed it let me know comment below uh like i said on my facebook page on the instagram uh, instagram page at get the ball rolling let me know what i can do better i'm always trying to improve myself and then also let me know if you guys have any fun insights or if you want to be on the show talk about your opinion you might tell me that i am crazy and i have no idea what i'm talking about but that's what the best thing is as when you can get your opinion on multiple things again thanks for listening i appreciate uh all of you and 
Have a nice day, night, wherever you're listening. Enjoy yourself, and I will be back with the next podcast, so stay tuned.